This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith, and today I'm sitting at the Taipei American School with Toby Openshaw. You're from South Africa. That's right, as you can tell from my accent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're involved in a whole bunch of different things. You're involved in some charity projects. Uh, you're a filmmaker. But let me just start with uh, the question of how you got to Taiwan. Well, my standard answer is I came by airplane. Right. And <laughs> but um, yeah, well, way back in about 15 years ago, things were not going very well in South Africa. The economy was really tanking and crime was really at a very high rate. So... Um, I decided to make a change, and uh, Taiwan opportunity in Taiwan opened up, and I brought my family over here. Okay, and uh, you work at in a kind of sort of like a film department of the Taipei American School. Basically, I'm the video production specialist at Taipei American School. I have a small studio with a green screen. I've got good cameras, and I have a group of students who are very keen on uh, doing video stuff. So I do all kinds of things here at the school. But my main responsibility is to uh, shoot and produce all the school productions and plays and and music productions and so on to make videos of those. So I assume you started your filmmaking career back in South Africa. Oh, absolutely. I was a uh, video cameraman and editor and producer back in South Africa. Did a lot of wildlife work. I lived in Namibia for a while. And um, I've been shooting ever since. So even to this day, uh, I sometimes uh, shoot things for National Geographic or Discovery or Al Jazeera or those channels when they need a, a Western broadcast cameraman here in Taiwan. Um, and then I also you know, have some of my own projects on the side. I think one of the uh, most famous things that you are known for here in Taiwan is a documentary about beetle nut beauties, as they're called. Tell us a little bit about the, the, the origin of this project, what you hope to achieve, and perhaps some of the stories involved with making this documentary about these women who sell beetle nut, often in scantily clad outfits. Right. So, yeah, so when I came to Taiwan, uh, it was certainly one of the first things that caught my eye were these women sitting in glass boxes by the side of the road wearing very little clothes. And I naturally assumed that they were in the sex trade, you know. And um, But my, my foreigner friends all said, no, no, they just sell betel nut and they sell drinks and cigarettes and so on. But Taiwanese people said, oh, bad girls, don't even talk about that. We don't want to know that. And people say it's our culture, but it's not and blah, blah, blah. So I immediately got this idea that there's this, this sort of dichotomy that, that people have different opinions and very widely divergent opinions about this phenomenon. And, uh, you know, being a documentary filmmaker, I'm always interested in things which are a little bit off the beaten track. And this is very, very unique to Taiwan. So I started um, uh, researching the, the, the subject and I started speaking to the girls. Getting access was really, really hard at first. And it's certainly the biggest problem for, for people who want to uh, work on the subject. But, uh, you know, I've managed to crack it. And, and, and over many years, it's kind of become the thing that I'm known for, you know. So so basically, I have found that, that people's impression are that these girls are, you know, like I said, in the, either in the sex trade or that they um, basically just, you know, 
bad girls sitting out there and they're exploited and they sit there and show their bodies and so on. But the reality is much more nuanced than that. Mm. And, and uh, you know, I, I've had several conversations. I've, I'm working on a book at the moment and I did a little TEDx talk about that and so on. So there's, there's uh, uh, for me, it's just a case of let's keep the dialogue going. Let's understand that this is not a clear-cut situation and that how we view these women and how they view themselves and how Taiwanese people view them all have differences and all ha- are valid in their own way. What was one of the biggest things that uh, you discovered perhaps was a misconception that you had or one of the biggest surprises that you encountered while filming this documentary? I was never once offered sex by a beetle nut. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try beetle nut? No, actually, I... I You've never it, tried beetle nut? I've made it a point not to try. They always, when I'm on camera, because I get interviewed for this quite a lot, they're always on camera, they want to try and get me to try it because they want to see the foreigner throw up. Right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, so I always refuse, and I have my standard little line that's saying, you know, the girls are the beautiful part, but the nut is the ugly part of this business. And there's no doubt about it. It's not healthy. It's not good for you, and it's uh, as a trade, it's not a good thing. I'm not trying to advocate for a trade, but as I, as I always say, I, I'm, I, uh, I support the troops, but I don't support the war, you know. How much harassment is there? So they have their regular customers that they get along really well with, and then there's this, the general sort of passes by. And <clears throat> depending on the location, girls would say maybe once a week or maybe twice a week, they would get some guy who will just verbally make some kind of suggestion or something like that. Mostly, it's really just verbal. Uh-huh. One girl that I know, she gets guys very regularly who stop the car and then they expose themselves to her. Um, but the interesting thing about Taiwan society is that what all she needs to do in those circumstances, she turns around and she walks back into her store and the guy just goes away. You know, and in many other countries, people would get aggressive and he would get out of the car and things like that. So that happens very rarely in Taiwan. I'm Eric Smith. Tune in tomorrow for more stories from the fascinating Toby Openshaw. This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith, and today I'm continuing a discussion with filmmaker Toby Openshaw, who might best be known as the man behind a series of documentaries about Taiwan's so-called betelnut beauties. Toby told me about the changes he's seen since he started getting interested in the subject almost a decade ago. Most of them are from, you know, working class backgrounds and they're supporting themselves or a family and um, and it's just it's a job so and the the business has also changed over the last eight or so years that I've been involved with it in the sense that in the beginning I always standard question for me is always I ask the girls does your mother know what you do Mm. and so in the past uh, many of them would say no no my mother thinks I'm a secretary in some company or something like that Uh, but nowadays uh, the business has cleaned up its image to the extent that many girls say yeah no my mother is not too happy about it but she's okay, you mm. know, and, and, and and they know. So, um, because the cleanup business, the cleanup of the business happened uh, way back when Annette Liu was the county mayor for in Taoyuan, right? And she instituted a dress code to begin with, and also uh, really cracked down on underage girls working in the beetlenut stalls. And so they instituted the dress code that's what they call the three Bs. So it's the breast, the belly, and the buttocks have to be covered. <laughs> right. And the point is that it's worked. Girls, you know, have less uh, problems with being harassed and so on. And the gangster element that used to be a big part of the business has 
largely gone away. So nowadays, I find a lot of women actually are the owners of their own stalls. Interesting. About eight, nine years ago, when I first started getting interested in this, as I said, the first thing for me I had to crack was to be able to speak to a beetle-nut girl who was prepared to be on camera Mm. and to be interviewed. And I finally found one, and her name was Ada. And so she was the first girl that I ever photographed, and I still have those photos. And... um, and then I've kind of followed uh, uh, Ada's life along along these years, and she had dropped out at school uh, before finishing high school and to start this business because her friends told her it's easy money and you know it's it's a comfortable easy thing to do, and so she did that. But she was a really really smart girl. She was really special, and so after a while she realized that you know this is not really a good thing, and she started studying. So she finished her high school while she was sitting in the Binlang store. Then she quit and she actually went to university. But she's had a few personal setbacks, you know, boyfriends that, that turn bad and things like that, and her family's health. And um, so I'm kind of sad to report that just, in fact, two nights ago, I went back to Taoyuan and I photographed Ada again. After eight years, she's back in the same store that she was before. Mm. Now, she's grown up. She's, she's, she's much, you know, she was 19 at the time that I met her. She sees this as, you know, it's just a temporary setback and she's going to move on. But I just, you know, it is interesting just basically these people all have their lives and they all have their stories you know and and that's what i like to do is i try to find those stories and tell them you have a website where people can see some of these photos right what's right it's a Flickr site so if you search for betelnut beauties on Flickr or my name toby openshaw you'll find them and um yeah, it's really p- popular. I get about uh, 1,500 to 2,000 hits a day on that site still. Do you have any idea when they started doing that in Taiwan? Uh, there are sort of conflicting reports, but it's sometime in, it could be as far back as the 70s. Um, but it was really sort of in the late 80s that it really started to take off. Because in the 70s and 80s, we're still talking about Taiwan being under martial law. That's it's right. a surprise yeah. that they would have allowed that. Right. So I'm assuming it started in southern parts of Taiwan and sort of... Very much so, and very much underground. Okay. Know. Yeah. But so now it's it's become much more mainstream, yeah. And so, like I said, I know girls who own their own store, who train up other girls, and, um, and you know, they really absolutely run it like a... very strictly like a business. And... Um, I recently made a little film, which was quite interesting. Uh, a young Taiwanese girl came to me and she said that she uh, is a designer and an illustrator, and she wants to find out more about this part of her culture that she doesn't know about. And she says that she always had it very easy in her life. Her fa- family was wealthy. They gave her whatever she wanted, but these girls have to work for what they have, and she kind of admires that. So I said, well, if you want to really know about it, then you must be a bitternut girl for a day. And I gave her that challenge, and she actually took it up. And so we went to Sinju. There's one um, woman who runs a store there that I know, trained her up for a day, and she did it. And we filmed it. We made a little film out of it, and that's online as well now. It's pretty hard work, actually, isn't it? I mean, they have to take the nut and cut it into the proper shape and put in certain chemicals and wrap it up and all of that. It's, it's, it's time-consuming. It's time-consuming, and it's also very hard on the fingers. Um, they get carpal tunnel problems and things like that because they can sit for a whole day preparing the betel nut. Thanks for tuning in to Taiwan Talk. I'm Eric Smith. For info on Toby Ovenshaw's work, search for his name online and you'll find photos, lectures, and more. And please note that all of our Taiwan Talk episodes are available on our website at www.icrt.com.tw.